The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $50 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big and win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now and visit wynnbet.com to start winning today. And we're also brought to you by Sleeper. You already play fantasy on Sleeper, but now you can win cold hard cash with their over-under game. Just head on over to sleeper.com slash SGP on your phone and join the SGPN group and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. That's sleeper.com slash SGP. And finally, make sure to download the SGPN app. It's your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Download the SGPN app wherever it is you download apps. Howdy ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 143. Um, dedications. I messed up last time. I dedicated it to the, the last episode to the stupid Phoenix Suns. Um, what I really meant to dedicate it to the coolest two-year-old in the world who had his birthday last weekend, and uh, and hopefully he had a good birthday. Um, sending it out to him because I know who his dad is, and I know, you know, it's going to be a struggle in life. So hopefully uh, he, he at least had a good birthday. So no, no chuckles at all. I hear, which is good. <laughs> so, oh, there's a chuckle. I thought someone was getting mad at me, but anyhow, um, thank you for coming to this here podcast. I would be your host. I am known as the iron turtle, Jeff Fox. Um, we've got a, a action packed show as per usual for you this week. We are going to break down an amazing. My co-host told me before we went on the air to remember to say, this is a very exciting fight card coming up. Um, he's a UFC hype man to the to the bone. Uh, so we're going to do the UFC event as per usual. We're also going to throw in a couple picks for Eagle FC, which would be Habib Nurmagomedov's promotion, which he runs. They're running an event on Friday with a bunch of UFC has-beens. Sorry, but that's that's the truth. So we're going to give give you picks. Or Dan, uh, the aforementioned co-host, is going to give you a couple picks for that. Um, and we'll be on our merry way to to make money out in this crazy world of MMA gambling. No um, spoiler alert. There's no super live plus 300 dogs that at least on my, on my end this week, maybe my co-host has a super live plus 300 dog, but uh, no Andre Petrosky's um, on this card, at least in my eyes. So let's bring in this co-host who I keep referring to. Hopefully he is, he's on the line. Um, you can call him Danny. You can call him Dan, Daniel. You can call him Gumby. A lot of people call him Gumby or they call him Daniel. Freeland, hello. Hey, what's up? Yeah, hey. uh, it's, uh, this fight card, you know, not spectacular, uh, but mm-hmm. I will say a lot of questions uh, that can be answered here, which are, are all kind of interesting. And I don't know, a handful of pros- like the, the fights that don't have questions to be answered at least have like prospects who are fun to watch. Yep. No, it's very true. Um if you're a gen or a MMA nerd or both, more than likely, if you're listening to this, you're, you're both of those things, then every fight card has at least a few things that are intriguing to you. And this one obviously is, is no exception to that. Um, it has the most exciting fighter in the UFC uh, headlining it for one thing, right? I thought you were going to say the most exciting fighter in the UFC is on the card because one of the ones who I and uh, our good friend, super fan Jong 
uh, happen to think it's one of the actually most exciting prospects right now is actually on the card. Yes, it is true. It is true. Um, aren't we teasing all you people about, about what's, uh, what's to come up. So, um, yeah, it's only 11 fights, which I appreciate. I'm, I'm almost, I was able to knock out my article for sports gaming podcast.com. Uh, I'm almost totally done it. Cause there's only like, it only took me like half the time as it usually takes. Cause it's only a, an 11 fight fight card. Plus um not sure if it's the same for you, Dan, but going through it, I, I didn't really hesitate in many of my picks. I was pretty sure of a lot of my picks and some of them ended up being underdogs, which is always a nice, a nice bonus when I look at the lines after I decide who, who I think is going to win. Yeah, there were, there were two or three fights that I think I sweated on. Um, and one, I just am never going to feel good about period, but yeah, uh, there's a couple, couple I don't feel great about. Yeah, it's. I think I had at least one where like I don't want to pick other person, but I have to. Uh, I, it's my job. I know, I know exactly the fight you're talking about. <laughs> it's my job, so I had to do it. And um, what? And one of the people who I'm guessing is in that fight happens to be on the top turtle of the podcast. This oh, week. there we go. Our top turtle. For a while there, you were um, you were waiting till later in the podcast, but you you jammed it in <laughs> early this time. Get it right. Let's get it right in the beginning. May as well. May as well. Why? Um. Yeah. Exactly. Why bury the lead? This is this is just a hype show for Dan's other podcast, the Top Turtle MMA Podcast, and his other other podcast, the Prelim Primer Podcast. A lot of P's in that one. Lucky I have my whatever that thing's called on the mic that takes care of your P's when you're popping your P's. I don't know what it's called. You know what I'm talking about? The pop filter. The pop filter? Is that what it's called? It's called the fancy, pop filter. <laughs> That's way too fancy for me. That's why I forgot what it was called. Um, any uh, Anything of note that we should uh, discuss before we, we give um, these digens their money-making plays for this week? Anything pop through your news filters or social media feeds that we should um, speak of? No, nah, I think a couple of fights like got solidified, but most of them were like already rumored anyway. So like, nah, I wouldn't consider in any of it real news. And you can read all the this is this is me shoving my um, plug in early. You can read all of the uh, fight announcements and whatnot <laughs> on my MMA site slash newsletter moneymma.substack.com. Um, at least I try to make it at least weekly uh, just to make a big list of, of all the fights that have been booked. Cause, uh, and I still have a bunch. I'm looking, I'm going through my saved articles and there's still a bunch. I have to uh, get out there to you people. Cause um, it, it seems to, um, it seems to either rains or, or it rains when it rains, it pours is what I'm trying to say with fight announcements. Um, they all seem to come rushing on, on at once. And then we have, have a dry spell. So they're all rushing in at this point is what I'm trying to spit out, but I'm not can, a very good talker, which is luckily, luckily I am hosting a podcast. Can, can I, can words. I suggest a name for this podcast before, before we get that to the end here? Right. Oh, you, sure. Yes. You just the, said the alt you, name. Yes. You, you, you just said uh, that you had to shove your plug in. So I, I would, I would suggest yeah, that you that's use been said before shove, shoving my plug in. Someone's mom must not listen to the podcast anymore. <laughs> you should, the words came out of your mouth. Now. And it, it it was a uh, it was really hard for me not to just uh, out loud laugh. So the the roles have been reversed. Someone else is working blue, which means I have I'm the one that has to sound smart now on the show. Yeah, I, was, uh, maybe, you were maybe, the one that. Yeah, you're supposed to be the one that sounds smart, and I'm supposed to be the one that tries to um, get you to laugh at stupid jokes. But 
Dan is making this a bizarro, a bizarro po- um, episode of the podcast. So, all right. Um, yeah, th- there's no other news that I can think of, you know, just uh, one of the reasons why um, I don't see as much news is I have stopped. Uh, I've taken bjpen.com out of my news feed. I don't know why I was there. To oh, with, good. But... Good move. Good move. <laughs> that site blows. It just annoys. <laughs> like, it's just the most annoying articles. It's all like Chell Sonnen says this. Big John McCarthy says that. It's all like the worst people that that you can't like that have no credibility credibility to me any longer somehow big john has gone into the chelsea and bin but he i I think that's a a fair spot from the way he is at this point yeah um former takes all around former ufc lackeys who are now uh bellator trills like yeah yeah, that's that's you know that's basically just a coincidence but but they, they just happen to have really bad takes and People like to quote them as news sources for things, which is, and Brenda shop too, obviously you miss the Brenda shop stuff. If you don't follow BJ Penn too. So, you know, getting the negativity out of my life, Dan. BJPenn.com is, I'm going to be honest. I'm pretty sure I stopped following them a decade ago. Cause they yeah, were I don't bad. know why I, I guess had bad FOMO. for so long. Dude. <laughs> I guess I had FOMO. I was going to miss on this breaking news story, but then I like realized like you don't, like I don't consider them a source when I see things anyway. So why do I even bother following what yeah. they're saying? So I yeah, just they're, 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 they're prime for like uh, somebody's social media account said this and then calling it a prepared statement. <laughs> very, very true. All right. Enough complaining. This is the, uh, I was talking with a, a person online about how he was saying how he uh, hates people. Some individuals are okay, but he hates people all around. And I said, that is the MMA gambling podcast ethos. We hate <laughs> some individuals are okay, but all in all, but Macy are, Barber are... isn't. So, <laughs> oh god, this is not a Macy Barber podcast, not this week. Soon, though, she's fighting in a couple months, right? Oh god, again. <laughs> and well, don't worry, Aaron Blanch- Blanchfield is fighting before that, she's on the next pay per view. So, that's good. That's yes, good. We, we need more Aaron Blanchfield in our lives. We do, we do. All right, let me let me tell you about Winbat before we get down to business because Winbat is where you can get down to the business of winning money. Plus, they're also giving away um, a trip this week. So, let me tell you about it. Make sure to get down on the wins bet $50, win $200 promotion. Where a $50 bet qualifies you for up to $200 in free bets. Plus, WinBet Casino is offering 100% deposit bonus up to 1000 bucks. Plus, listen to this. Win a golf trip to win Las Vegas PGA Championship. Bet $100 plus on golf this week. I think there's like some... There, there's always golf every week. I can't remember what this week's is. But uh, if you bet $100 plus on golf this week and be entered to win, you will be entered to win a golf trip to win Las Vegas. Promotion ends May 22nd. So... Hopefully you got this in your ears in time. If you're subscribed to our direct feed, MMA Gambling Podcast feed, you definitely will have this in your ears in time. So make sure you get in on that. There's so much to choose from over at WinBet. And all you have to do is download the WinBet app or visit wynnbet.com to get started. Obviously listen to the Sports Gambling Podcast Network's Golf Gambling Podcast if you want to know where to bet those 100 bucks. You, just, you don't just want to throw 100 bucks just to enter the contest. You actually want your 100 bucks to, uh, to win you some money too over at WinBet. So offer is subject to change. Terms, conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Now on to Sleeper, where I'm going to, we'll, we'll see how, how good my co-host is in, in a few a minute or so here. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. All the SGPN boys definitely do. It is a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now you can make money on Sleeper 2 by playing their new over-under game. 
It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over-under. For example, a number of points in basketball or hits in baseball. Then choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited and all the people over here at SGPN are excited about this sleeper app is they have over-under. And it's the only app where I can, or you, listener, can join your buddies, contest, and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see, you can see, and copy my friend's picks with the tap of a button. It's insanely fun to ride it out together. Nothing, and talk trash, obviously. Stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new over-under game. Actually, don't stop. Listen to us. Actually, you can do both. You can listen to us and download at the same time. I'm sure you can multitask. Have fun with your friends and make some money. Now I'm going to throw to my co-host without any warning. Give us your sleeper play that you like, Dan. Uh, I got to get two props. I'll take uh, Jason Tatum's the over on points. Uh, that Which dude just that? can't. Um, I See, I don't have it in front of me. Yes, I, get... I, I was hoping to catch you and I did. Yes. I'm going to guess it's high 20s. That dude's going to crack. But he's going to crack. He's going to crack 30 easy on Thursday. And then... Uh, I'll take over on Robert Williams the third's uh, rebounds. You think this a bounce back for the Celtics? Yeah, I'm I'm big on the Celtics for uh, for Thursday. There, there ain't no way they're dropping two in a row to the Heat. And and I saw a line on Robert Williams's rebounds that said five and a half, which seemed what? criminal. Yeah, well, seemed are criminal. they expecting not to play? Is that what? I I don't think so. But like in the last couple of games of the Buck series, he only had four and five. Uh, but the first game in the the Heat series, he had nine. So. Um, it, I mean, if it was five and a half, it was six and a half. I'd still take the over. If it was seven and a half, I'd take the over. So, uh, yeah, Robert Williams, the third's rebounds, uh, hit that. And Jason Tatum, I mean, he's going to put up a 40 spot. So, you know, wow. Put it, etch, it in, etch it in stone. Well, that's why Gumby is riding shotgun with me here. Cause I can throw, throw to him without warning that uh, I'm going to need picks. And I had a feeling you, you knew that this was going to happen, Dan, cause you always have picks. Or, or at least you're a degenerate that always has picks on the on the on the brain. So that could <laughs> it's be too a... bad. It's too bad you didn't tell me uh, a couple of weeks ago that I had to make picks for the the Suns. I would have bet bet under on everything. Yeah, exactly. Which is why I let Dan make the picks because uh, NBA is stupid and everyone knows that the NBA is stupid. So no point uh, watching or gambling on it. You can listen to the podcast that we have on NBA though. All right. Plus, on your mobile phone, join our listener group over on Sleeper. It's at, it is sleeper.com slash SGP, and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. That's right. Join our squad, which obviously is the best squad to be on, and get the 100% deposit match at sleeper.com slash SGP. Terms and conditions apply. Use Sleepers, and then basically check out Sleepers' terms of use for details, and have some fun. Win some money. All right. Let's get you. Let's have some fun. We're actually, we're having lots of fun already because we always have fun on the show, whether we win, win money or not, but more often than not, we do win money and we're going to um, get you some money for this weekend's event that we're so, oh, so excited about that we haven't even said the name of it yet. Um, we teased you on it. It's called UFC Fight Night Home versus Vieira. UFC Vegas 55 is what we're up to. Want to hear the all titles? UFC Fight Night 206, UFC on ESPN Plus 64, UFC Vegas 55. Why we need, what, four different titles? I don't know, but there you go. Um, this is an ESPN Plus card. Um, so prelims, ESPN Plus, main card, ESPN Plus. Guess who forgot to check out the times again for it? Do you have them on the top? I believe I saw, if I'm not mistaken, 
the MMA gods listened to me, and I believe I saw a 4 p.m. start yeah, time. You're right. This is uh, like because I complained I mean, about it last week, so I immediately yeah. got exactly what I wanted. Me forgetting to check the start times is um, it's my thing. It's like uh, if for listeners of the SGPN's MLB gambling podcast, Malcolm's thing is always forgetting to break down the Mets game because it's in, uh, I think it's his favorite team. So he has it uh, in a different part on his screen. So he always forgets to, to break down the Mets until one of his co-hosts tells him. So my thing is uh, not knowing start times 4 PM. Dan is right. Eastern. And for the premium 7 PM for the main card. And it's only 11 fights, which is nice. Like I complained about last podcast. Why? I don't know why. I know why actually, because they have TV contracts and they want uh, to fill out the, the uh, time, but, like it's the only sport where they think they have to go five or six hours for some reason, but Hey, people complain about baseball being too long and uh, yet <laughs> MMA is far, far, far longer, but not, not the way I watch it, Dan. Don't watch it live. That's the key. Yeah. I, uh, I'm still a sucker for watching it live. <laughs> I, I tend to catch up at, at a few points during the fight and then I can jump into our SGP and Slack channel and, and talk. And then I jump back out and I let it build up some more so I can skip all the inane studio talking and all that jazz and the stupid uh promo videos and all that stuff so anyhow hopefully people don't do that in our podcast jump right through to our recommended place because <laughs> i kill it i kill it on the normal place even though i was in i'm not doing as quite as well as i was at the starting of the year i am still plus money picking every fight where this this event will take us over for over 200 fights for 2022 so let's get into it ufc apex once again as per usual and then next week it is a they are going dark so we're gonna have to get creative on this here podcast next week but um we'll start with women's straw weights this may be the fight that i don't want to pick either person in was this the one you're thinking of dan no i i have a pretty strong feeling about this one yeah uh i i do too but it's my uh yeah maybe this wasn't the one but anyhow we got sam hughes versus elise reed so sam page is back uh, after her first UFC win versus Elise Reed, and she is the underdog. So let's tell you about Sam Hughes first. The Sam Page, um, six and four, it's one knockout. <laughs> I know. Especially if you put the in front of it, it sounds even better. The Sam Page would be even better. But um, yes, I've used this nickname uh, multiple times, I think, on this podcast, but not this week. There's a there's one that I enjoyed more. Iron Turtle. All right, Sam Hughes, six and four, one knockout, three submissions. So she quite a few finishes for women's strawweight. She's been knocked at once, submitted once, one and three in the UFC, lost her first three. They gave her another kick at the can and she came through, saved her job uh, more than likely by winning her last fight. She used to fight up two weight classes at Bantamweight and used to fight up one weight class at Flyweight. She's two inches taller than Reed, got an inch of reach on her, grappling stats in her favor, plus 145. Elise Reed, five and one with two knockouts. She's been knocked out once in her career. She's one and one in the UFC, won her last fight. She was one and one Bellator. She was the CFFC champion, striking stats in her favor, minus 175. Over to you. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, definitely going with Elise Reed here. As um, am I, yes. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I know at first you were like, ah, I don't pick anybody. No, no like, this is not the fight. I, I, uh, this is not the fight now that I look at it, no. Yeah, yeah, No, like, uh, Elise Reed is, is clearly the pick here. Um, you know, like... Say what you want about Sam Hughes. She did have a gritty performance that made her look a little bit better last fight. She she absolutely poured it on at the end of the fight. Um, but she did lose at least the first round, depending on who's asking, maybe the second round against Estela Nunes. She got outstruck by Luana Pinheiro. And 
in I know that Elise Reed got a bad rap in the UFC because she she came out and got absolutely just demolished by Sajara Eubanks. But let's let's call a spade a spade. Like she she does not belong at flyweight, which is why she's back at strawweight after all of this. And if you look at her strawweight record, like it is really impressive. Like, first of all, a win over Corey McKenna, which, by the way, it, it goes down as a split decision. Wasn't a split decision. She absolutely peppered Corey McKenna on the feet for at least two of those rounds. She clearly won 29-28. I don't know what the judge who gave Corey McKenna 30-27 was smoking, but, like, there's no way Corey McKenna wins more than one round in that fight. Um, So she, like, comes out and outstrikes Corey McKenna. She stuffs most of her takedowns. Um, But, like, her other wins on the regional circuit, too, she also beat Jasmine Jazudavicius who are talking about being like a real player at flyweight right now. Like she looks yep. so good in her, her debut. She also beat Jillian DeCourcy, which if you watched Invicta this past Wednesday came through with an absolutely brutal knockout of Lindsay Van Zandt, who is also a good fighter. She also mm-hmm. beat Hillary Rose, who was on contender series. She knocked her out with elbows. Like Elise Reed has some legitimate striking. She looks really good doing it. And so far her only loss is kind of getting out muscled by somebody who is a weight class heavier than her and really two weight classes heavier yeah. than her, right? Because Sajara yeah. Eubanks misses weight at flyweight regularly and yep. has fought at Bantamweight a bunch. So, like, when she's fighting straw weights at straw weight, like, Elise Reed's hands and her takedown defense have held up enough for her to be some very legitimate fighters. So, yeah, like, I'm all in on her here against Sam Hughes because the other thing, too, is I, I think Sam Hughes is kind of like, Either I can bully you or I lose a fight. Um, and I'm not sure she can bully Elise Reed. Yep. No, I'm taking Elise Reed as well. Yeah, this this wasn't the fight. I This is not the droids I'm looking for. This is not the one. Okay. Middle, I was thinking about not following middle easy, but then this his, this headline just came through. One-armed fighter wins against two opponents and knocks one out cold. So I think I have to keep following them for stuff like that. I, I still like middle easy mostly. <laughs> it used to be I, funny, but it's... I, you know. I, I'll say they're, they're just like... If you're looking for serious MMA news, they're not there for that. But like, you gotta have that in your feet a little bit. Like stuff, stuff you don't, uh, stuff you don't really need to know. <laughs> yeah, one one armed fighters beating up two people, and this was at the same time. This must be and one it, of those circus. And it wasn't. It wasn't Nick Newell. <laughs> no, it wasn't Nick. Newell. Oh, cool. Okay. <laughs> There's another one, Alexander. Somebody. All right. This has nothing to do with Hughes or Reed or anything we were talking about, but that's why people love us because you never know where this this train is headed. Dan Choo Choo. I haven't heard. Have I heard the train reference recently? Yeah, he, 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 he makes sure he, he includes it in every single <laughs> okay. episode. Okay, I thought so, but I, I never know. I've listened to so many, Dan. They're all just a blur now. All right, except for the ones I was on. I don't listen to those. All right, featherweights. Felipe Colares versus Chase Hooper. Hooper is now the dream. No longer the teenage dream. He's a big strapping, what, 22 now? Is that right? <laughs> 21? Yeah. Something like that, right? Something like that. He's, he's still a little boy. Um Calaris is Cabo Keo, which no one seems to know what it means. Do you know what it means? Cabo Keo? Nope, I yeah. don't. Not off the All top right, of we'll head. just leave it a mystery then. All right, Chase Hooper first. 10-2-1. Three knockouts, five submissions. Never been finished in a fight. 2-2 two two in the UFC. He's gone win-loss, win-loss over his career. Last fight was a loss, and it was back in June of 2021. So it's um, almost been a year out of the cage for him. Um, he was 1-0 in the contender series. That's how he actually... No, I was going to say that's how he uh, got into the UFC, but it wasn't, right? They made him fight some more before they signed him, right? 
Yeah, they made him go fight for, uh, I want to say CFFC, if I'm not mistaken. I, I think you're right, yeah. Which which is good, which means he entered with a better contract <laughs> than the under series. So. Uh, true that. Uh, all right. He used to fight a lightweight. He was a regional champ. He was a grappling champ. He's got five inches of height. Listen to the class here. Five inches of height, five inches of reach, five years younger than Calaris. Striking and after striking stats in his favor. You probably wouldn't guess that. You'd think it would be all grappling in his favor, but no, striking. Plus 145. Claris, Cabo Keo, whatever that is, 10 and 3, two knockouts, five submissions. Never been finished in a fight as well. So you may want to go, if you're picking this one, you may want to go decision. If you want to prop, two and three in the UFC, and he's the pattern guy too. Loss, win, loss, win, loss. So I guess the pattern is going to break this week unless they both somehow lose their fight. Uh, some The patterns are going to break this week. Actually, no, uh, no, no, one of their patterns is going to break this week. The other one will keep their, their streak going. He last fought October 2021. So not heck why did it, why i put that down i think i'm getting my years mixed up here dan because that's not that long ago anyhow he used to fight at 135 so he fought down a weight class and hooper fought up a weight class from this one so um you would yeah i told you hooper's bigger so um you would guess he's bigger and he is uh he used to he was the jungle champ back in brazil minus 175 for claris i'm gonna go underdog here i'm not really positive that hooper is legit ufc like caliber fighter but i uh, i'm taking him here obviously the youth the size um should be uh able to hold his own in the grappling and uh better striking stats at least so i'll, I'll take some some plus money here at plus 145 unless dan tries to persuade me otherwise no i'm gonna tail along with you i, I like chase right. Hooper here as well um I, I would say here's the thing in the reason i like chase Hooper more than anything is so you know, the loss to Steven Peterson was not a good one. Uh, he, he looked a little bit rough in that fight, mostly because he just couldn't get it to the ground. Yeah. The thing I like the best about this fight for Chase Hooper is, first of all, Felipe Kolarish has been taken down plenty of times in his career. In fact, he's been taken down a lot of times in his career. I think he's only got like 40% takedown defense or something like that. The other thing I will say is I love that Chase Hooper took time off. I love how much time he took off because like, if you go back to that fight with Peterson, which now is damn near a year away, right? Like he, he took like 11 months yeah, off June. Yeah. And, and like he was fighting every like five or six months all the time. And now he's taken a whole year off. And like in those other fights, he wasn't getting way better, right? Like he was out grappling people who couldn't grapple people like Daniel Tamer and, and Peter Barrett. And then when he fought long strikers who could stuff his takedowns, he lost. So, like, I believe he, like, finally was like, look, I can't keep rushing into another fight camp. I've got to work on the technical aspects of things. You know, he did a uh, grappling contest. He fought Hanato Moicano in that grappling contest. And, like, it, it seems like he went back to the drawing board a little bit. Now, of course, this is all speculation, and we can't really say too much about it. But the bottom line is I really do believe in the kids grappling. And uh, Felipe Kolarish is not, like, a world beater that makes me – you know, like worry all that much about him. So yeah, you're you're right. Plus money here is very enticing. I, I like Chase Hooper. If you had him on your damn podcast, Dan, you could have these definitive answers, right? I've I've had him on before. No, you should have had him on this time and said, "Yo, what were you doing during your your year off, other than being uh, funny on Twitter?" He right? he is he is funny. <laughs> yep, he's a <laughs> he's a fun dude. That dream. All right, um, we are on the same page. Two fights in. Let's go check out the third fight we're going down weight class bantamweight 
Vince Morales versus Jonathan Martinez. We're starting a uh, spoiler alert. We're starting a two fight string of me fading the Moraleses. Um, <laughs> it, it's a Morales fading streak coming up. Uh, all right. We'll tell you about this Morales first. Vince Vendetta Morales versus Jonathan the Dragon Martinez. So he obviously asked Ricky Steamboat first if he could have the nickname, and Ricky Steamboat uh, allowed him to take it. So, all right. Vendetta Morales is 11 and 5, six knockouts, two submissions. He's been knocked at once, submitted twice, three and three in the UFC. He, however, dot, 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 he's won two in a row. Last one to be a knockout. He was 0 1 in the contender series, 2 0 in Bellator. Used to fight up at Featherweight. He was the FSF champ, plus 175 on him. The Dragon, the Martinez, 15 and 4, seven knockouts, two submissions. He's been knocked at once. He's six and three in the UFC. He's won two straight as well. Used to fight at Featherweight used to fight at flyweight. Now he's fighting right in the middle. Uh, he was the XFL champion twice, I think, in two weight classes. If I remember correctly, he's an inch taller than Morales, four years younger, striking and grappling stats in his favor, as are the odds, minus 215. Yeah, I like Jonathan Martinez. I, I just uh, think he's. Do I? Yeah, bottom line, he's just a better striker. Um, <laughs> like, th- th- there's not really much to say about this fight outside of that. Like, and I, I don't really feel like rushing through it, but like, the bottom line is Jonathan Martinez is a lot like his teammate, Chris Gutierrez, um, right? Like they, they have a lot in common. They throw a high number of strikes. They look to stuff takedowns. Um, they do a pretty damn good job of stuffing takedowns. Like him and Chris Gutierrez are both very typical um, factory X Muay Thai guys. And Vince Morales' last loss is get this to Chris Gutierrez. So, uh, and before that, he had lost to Benito Lopez, who, while is a team alpha male guy, like doesn't fight unlike a, a factory X guy where he picks apart the legs and, and mixes in the occasional takedown just to keep you guessing. Like, uh, yeah, I like Jonathan Martinez here. I think he just does uh, all the things Vince Morales does slightly better, slightly faster. I- I'm going to go with him in this one. And I'm fading the Morales. So, um Ditto, whatever, uh, everything, not whatever. I, I did pay attention to everything Dan said there. So, all right, for my second fade, lightweights, Omar Morales versus Euros Medic. Medic is, of course, the doctor because his last name is spelt like medic. Um, not quite as funny because it's really pronounced medic, but nonetheless. Uh, the doctor is 7 1 with five knockouts, two submissions. So, everything's a finish for him. And his one loss has come via sub. So, he's never gone the distance in a fight. He's 1 1 in the UFC. Last fight, he did get subbed and lost he was one on the contender series used to fight at welterweight this is that lightweight he's got two inches of height on morales he's eight years younger three times more active landing strikes plus 128 morales is 11 and two two knockouts five submissions he's been subbed once three and two in the ufc he's got loss win loss he got submitted his last his last fight as well one no in the contender series as well used to fight down at featherweight one no in bellator made his pro debut in 2011 two inches of reach minus 155 as I said before, I am fading the Morales for, for no reason uh, in particular, but just a coincidence. Uh, I don't really know why Medich is the underdog here. Maybe Dan can explain it, but I, I'll take the younger, bigger, more active striking finisher, nonstop finishing fighter in uh, any day of the week, especially for plus 128. So I will be taking the doctor here. I'm guessing he's probably the underdog in that, like, he didn't look good in his last fight. But to be fair, he didn't look good against Jalen Turner, who's a fucking yep. animal lately. You know, like, Jalen Turner is on a run and a half. He's actually um, in a, a snake or a, ra- no, a rachnik. Sorry. 
He's tar- a, yeah, uh, taran- tarantula. Yeah, tarantula. Right. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and no, I'm I'm going with Medich as well. Uh, I I'm on the same page as you on this one. I'm a little bit worried if if I were a, a Omar Morales guy, like I'd be a little bit worried with the fact that like he doesn't get better as the fight goes. In fact, it's probably the opposite, right? Like that, that Jonathan Pierce fight, like when it got to the second round, it was all Pierce. Like, and, and there were no signs that, that Morales was going to get in that fight. And Medich is a guy who's dangerous. Like you said, from first bell to last bell, he can put your lights out. Uh, and, and if Morales fades at all, even in, I mean, it could be late second round, early third round. I would go with Medich, but like also he's faded earlier than that. And, and for me, Medich is dangerous enough that I, I wouldn't mess with that. So yeah, like I, I like underdog money here again, too. We're on the same page for the first four. I guess that's good. Uh, I was hoping I could sneak by a underdog on you, but hey, I guess it's good that we're both on the same page here. We're probably right. So, all right, two more fights on the prelims. Then we'll get back to the ad reads, which I'm sure everyone's waiting for, right? Uh, middleweights, some guy named Joseph Holmes is listed, but really it's Ugly Man Joe fighting, so I don't know who <laughs> Joseph Holmes is, but we got Ugly Man Joe versus Alan Amadovsky. Um, what can I tell you? Let's tell you about Amadovsky first. Uh, he's 8-2 and two with 8 knockouts, so everything's finished for him, and he's been knocked out once, so he's gone to the gone to decision once in his career. So according to my math, uh, he's 0-2 in the UFC. Got knocked out his last fight. That was way back in September of 2019. Do you know what's up with this? Do you know have any stories behind this, Dan? This long delay. I I uh, am I have no clue about where Alan Amandowski's been. Uh, I again I try not to wildly speculate uh, all that much, but isn't he from Macedonia? Which I don't know what what's been going on with them through coronavirus and getting visas and stuff like that but i imagine travel might be part of it maybe but did you really think much about alan Madovsky while he was gone dan probably not right i i i can assure you i thought about him zero times 0.0 times so all right um anyhow he's back everyone if you missed him he's 2-0 and he was 2-0 and in bellator he made his pro debut in 2012 so he's had 10 fights in a decade um, plus 160 coming back on him. Ugly Man Joe, seven and two, two knockouts, five submissions. So everything is a finish. And he himself has never been finished in his career. He's only won the UFC. Was that a short notice fight or not? Which or am one? I, think, I may think him wrong. Who did he fight in his debut? I can't remember. Ugly Man. Ugly Man Joe fought. Um, oh, oh, he. Oh, wow. Dan doesn't remember either. Holy moly. Oh, no. It's JV Pickett, the lone wolf. Okay. Right, okay. Uh, the, yeah. I That's not remember it was somebody I don't particularly love, but I wanted to say Jordan Wright, and I was not right. Oh, you always want to say Jordan Wright. Anyhow, uh, he lost his UFC debut. He won his contender series fight. He was 1-1 Bellator. Uh, listen to these numbers. Six inches taller. Six inches or each. Seven years younger. Striking stats in his favor, plus he's five times more active landing strikes in his two fights under the uh, UFC umbrella, Zufa umbrella. Um Grappling stats also in his favor, minus 195. Um, everything is in Ugly Man Joe's favor. So obviously I'm taking Ugly Man Joe here. Yeah, I'm taking Ugly Man Joe tier too, but mostly just because like, man, what the fuck is Alan Amandowski still doing in the UFC at 0-2? <laughs> yeah. And I now am looking there. He's withdrawn from two fights with injuries and uh, he was removed from a third with COVID protocols. So he's actually oh, been okay. booked. 
He's been booked three times since uh, his last fight. I'll also just say this. I'm a believer in Ugly Man Joe. Like, I thought he looked good on Contender Series. I thought he looked good on Looking for a Fight. Um, And, yeah, he didn't look good in his debut, but I'm not ready to just be like, oh, this guy sucks. And, like, like a lot of people have. Like, I even saw in the Slack somebody was like, how bad is this Amandovsky guy if Ugly Man Joe's our nigga? <laughs> yes, that's favorite. That, yeah. And, like, uh, was it uh, Drendine or, or... Oh, you're calling him out by name. Yeah, yeah. But, I, I, but I don't need to call him out, but I, I'm just saying, like... <laughs> At the the bottom line here is I don't think Ugly Man Joe's that bad. Like, did he gas a little bit against Jamie Pickett? Yeah. And if you listen to the Top Turtle MMA podcast, you'll hear about how he's got a new strength and conditioning program. Uh, uh, and it's been working on working out a little bit better. But uh, do I feel great about picking him at negative 190? No, probably not. Because, like, again, if, if he didn't come around on that cardio, like, I won't look real smart but at the end of the day alan amandowski what is this guy he lost to john phillips and has been gone for three years so of course i'm picking ugly man joe yeah this is uh i was gonna say as much of a fade as it is a pick but no it's it's probably more of a pick for ugly man joe but it is also a fade at the same time um on amandowski who's totally got just got slandered by us through through that that was fun uh sorry you know he looks like a poor man's uh marlon marias yeah, it, I do have one issue with Ugly Man Joe. He's not ugly, and he has lots of children. So obviously, other people don't find him ugly either. If you listen to the Top Turn of the uh, podcast this God. week, you'll uh, you'll hear the story about why he grows the mustache he does. <laughs> okay, well that's 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 a good tease. That is what yeah, listening in for. There, there you go. All right. Um, Got you now. <laughs> yep, it's true. All right, last fight on the prelims, and boy, what a fight it is. Heavyweights, Jelton Almeida, a.k.a. Jelton Jr., a.k.a. Jelton Mahadino, which means, what is it? It means piebald. Is how it, what, what is piebald, Dan? I think we've piebald. Piebald, piebald the word piebald means part albino. It's a term usually oh, right. used okay. for white-tailed deer. Okay. You should, um, yeah. I, we probably went through this before. But anyhow, he's got a lot of names, Dan. A lot of aliases. Um, he's fighting against Peter Parker Porter, who's first name really isn't peter but i i gave him that nickname so all right this is that heavyweight um we'll tell you about parker porter first 12 and 6 five knockouts three submissions he's been knocked out three times submitted twice three one in the ufc he's won three straight fights so it's i, I know um people may rag on parker porter but you know no no small feat winning three fights in a row uh, especially at heavyweight so he's uh three one in the ufc overall he was a one-on-one bellator he was a realty realty <laughs> he was a realtor no Reality, how about reality FC? I think it might be anyhow. Reality fighting champ used to fight at light heavyweight, if you can believe that. Um, and he also took up the sport to lose weight, if you can believe that. Also, Dan, I can. I also know he made, I also know he made his pro debut in a strip club in Revere, Massachusetts. Well, how do you know that, Dan? Uh, I, I have talked to him numerous times about it. What, uh, on what um, do you have like just personal talking to him? Or? <laughs> Oh, I actually have talked to him just personally before. Really? He he trains at a gym not that far from me, and uh, I one of my training partners is like a guy who sometimes helps him out with fight camps. <laughs> you you don't like have another podcast behind her back, do you? Oh, I do too. Also, oh no, God. Anyhow, do you know who uh, his? Do you know who his third fight was against? By the way, uh, was it no? It was in two thousand and eight. If that helps. 
I can't even tell you who his last fight was against. Oh, I think you told me. Was it against John Jones? It was against John Jones. Yes. <laughs> John Jones wow. is like 19 and clearly not a heavyweight. And he still yeah. uh, head kicked his head It off. was at heavyweight. It wasn't at light heavyweight? No, it was at heavyweight back then. Uh, oh, no, maybe it was at light heavyweight. Um, but it was long enough ago where it was just cool that it was two five-minute rounds. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. Hey, did you did you hear and see? John Jones is really jacked now, Dan. I did see. He is. He, <laughs> you know, all, all clickbait article titles aside, he's massive, dude. He is. <laughs> yep, he is. And you would think that would happen when you see his. He's got massive brothers in the NFL, and he's he's like the runt in the family. You thought he could grow into that body a bit. So this isn't a John Jones podcast. This is a Parker Porter podcast currently. All right, what else can I tell you? He made his debut two thousand and seven. A year later, he fought John Jones. Apparently. Um, he's twice more active landing strikes than Almeida, uh, based on Almeida's two fights in under Zuffa or UFC or Dana White or whatever promotions that they were under. Plus 470 for Porter at heavyweight. Um, all right, Almeida, who's moving up from light heavyweight uh, because he, I guess he wanted to stay active and his uh, original opponent fell through. So they booked this fight about a month ago at heavyweight for him. Um, he did used to fight at heavyweight before though. He's 15 and two, six knockouts, five submissions. So everything is a finish. He's been knocked out himself once. He was 1-0 in the UFC via TKO, 1-0 in the Contender Series via sub. Used to fight, like I said, mostly fights at light heavyweight. He's won 10 straight fights, was a regional champ, pro debut also, uh, not also, pro debut in 2012. Three inches of height, four inches of reach, six years younger than Porter. Grappling stats in his favor, minus 650. I yeah, think it's, it's you. It, yeah, it's, it's Jelton. All day. Obviously. Um, He's one of our like, top prospects off of Dana White's contender series. And, the last and, and, and I know some people are hesitant about him going up to heavyweight and fighting Porter. Because, like, he's a light heavyweight, but at the same time, he's a massive light heavyweight. He's ridiculously strong. He's got good grappling skills, good striking skills. Porter has got really technical striking and has shown that, like, that can play up at heavyweight. But just, like, not against a guy like Almeida. Um, I, You know, like. Props to him for stepping up and taking this fight when Almeida is supposed to fight Maxim Grishin. But, like, yeah, like, I, I don't have really high hopes here for Parker Porter. And he's a guy who I love to watch fight and I'm a big fan of. And I, like, like him as a person. I just think this is an awful matchup for him. Oh, you talked to him before? A couple of times. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, you're talking about how uh, he's a big light heavyweight. I He's bigger. He's three inches taller and four inches reach on Porter, who who is a heavyweight. So there you go. Um, all right. We do we agree in every fight? We did we agree did. in every fight. So no far, no wow. disagreements on the prelims at mom all. and dad are getting along again. All right. Um, we got the main card coming through first. Let me tell you about our last couple, last but not least, of course, couple sponsors. Athletic Greens. We're brought to you by Athletic Greens and their AG1 supplement. So, what is this stuff you may be asking? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. A special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All of those things cost less than $3 a day. If you're investing in your health, you're investing in your health, excuse me, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. AG1 supports better sleep quality and recovery. And Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. I wish we did. Come on, people, get, get review in our podcast. To make it easy with uh, Athletic Greens, it's going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash SGP. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash SGP to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional habit. And while you're online, 
grabbing this uh, thing from uh, Alphabetic Green slash SGP, make sure you're using IP Vanish. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why I use IP Vanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IP Vanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means all your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IP Vanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IP Vanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed. Your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IP Vanish. IP Vanish is offering an incredible 70% off the yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's just like getting nine months for free. IP Vanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. Go to ipvanish.com slash SGP and use promotional code SGP and claim your 70% savings. That's ipvanish.com slash SGP. Okie dokie, main card. We decided it was going to be 7 p.m. Eastern because we decide these things and it's going to be on ESPN Plus and and it's only five fights, so we're not going to be here all night Which uh, watching the car, which is always nice. Because um, you know the main event's going to go five rounds. Uh, women's Strawweight, Pollyanna Vienna versus Tabitha Ricci. We got Baby Shark, Dan. You going to sing it for us? I'm, I am not. Perfect. <laughs> Baby Shark is Ricci. Dama de Ferro is Vienna, which translates to... Uh, it's one, a copy of someone else's nickname. Dama de Ferro? Yeah. Is it is it Dame of Dame of Fire? No, Iron Lady. Close. Oh, so you're, which is you know Jermaine Duranami, isn't she? Like, remember her? She used to yeah, play. She's yeah, yeah. Somebody, right? yeah, and so is Marina Mraz. Right, it's true. Wow, they should have a, a three way fight and see who who gets the nickname. All right, we'll tell you about Vienna here. She's twelve and four, four knockouts, eight submissions. So everything is a finish for her, which is very impressive at women's straw uh, straw weight. She's been subbed once. She's three and three in the UFC. However, she's won two straight fights via submission. She last fought February of 2021. She was a jungle fight champ. Used to fight up at flyweight. She's got four inches height, six inches reach on Ricci. Striking and grappling stats in her favor, plus 100. Uh, Ricci, baby shark, six and one. One knockout, two submissions. She's been knocked out once. One won the UFC. Won her last fight. Three years younger, minus 120. Believe it's me. I'll take. More underdog money, please. And thank you. Uh, Vienna on um, plus money. Bigger, you know, like, like that. Bigger, longer, plus better striking and grappling. And she finishes fights. Every fight. So um, I'll definitely take a stab at a plus 100 uh, dog with, with that uh, resume. So give me the Iron Lady. Uh, I'm going to... This is going to be our first difference. Oh, I'm going to okay. take Tabitha Ricci here. And uh, in, in look, I hear the argument that Pollyanna Vienna finishes fights, right? But how does she finish all of her fights? She finishes them with submission, right? She's up against somebody who has been doing judo since she was three years old and has a black belt in judo. How do you uh, know this? What? Oh, oh, she may or may not be on the Top Turtle MMA podcast. Oh, God. Um, but also, I know that because her dad is a judo champion, world champion. So, like, she she comes from a judo background and then turned around and had decided she cared more about jujitsu than she did a, about judo to her dad's chagrin got her black belt in jujitsu and she's nasty there too. Like she is a, I believe a better grappler than Pollyanna Viana. So like 
now we're saying, yes, Pauliana Viana is a, a fun pick because she's better at finishing. But if you take away the ability to finish in the grappling, she's not a good wrestler and she's an awful striker. Like, bottom line, she's not a good striker and she is not good at wrestling. So both of her most recent wins have come when she was taken down and she picked up arm bars. I, I think Tabitha Ricci could take her down if she wanted to and just avoid the arm bars because I think Ricci is smarter than that and a better grappler than that. And I will also say this. I think Ricci can just decide that this fight doesn't go to the ground and wins it on the feet. Because like you said, you know, Ricci does have one loss and it was by TKO. It was also to Manal Firo. Like, you know, say what you want about oh, that. Our but favorite. Like, Tab- Tabitha Ricci is is a very str- small strawweight, as we just you just mentioned. You know, like she's she's at a reach disadvantage and a height disadvantage. She probably could make Adam weight, but instead she fought up on short notice against Manon Firo. So, like, yeah, we, we can just write that fight off and say, like, that she had no business being in that fight in the first place. I don't think Viana subs are here. I don't think Viana can beat her on the feet. I, I think Viana winds up on her back looking for those arm bars for 15 minutes and losing a decision. All right. Remember, Dan is better at breaking down fights. I'm better at picking winners. So just remember that, kids. Mommy and dad, you're fighting again. But it's good. <laughs> this will make at least a little interesting come Saturday. We have a little, uh, at least one fight that we uh, can bicker on. All right, middleweights, Eric, yeah, boy, Anders. I should have called myself yeah, boy, but nonetheless, versus John Young Park, the Iron Turtle. I took that nickname instead because it's it's a quality nickname. So we got back-to-back Iron Fighters here. Will Jeff pick both Iron? Let's see. Um, yeah, boy, breakdown. Yeah, boy, Anders first. He's 14-6-1 with one no contest. Eight knockouts, one submission. He's been knocked at once, submitted once. So he's been very durable, especially up at these heavier weight classes he fights at. He's six and six with one no contest in the UFC. He's one and two with one no contest over his last four. He got subbed in his last fight. Used to fight at light heavyweight. He kind of bounced back and forth, light heavyweight and middleweight normally. He was the Alpha champ. He was one and on Bellator. He also was a college football champion at Alabama. He's got three inches of height, two inches of reach on Park, plus 175. The Iron Turtle, Park, 13 and five, five knockouts, three submissions. But knocked out once, submitted twice. Three and two in the UFC. Got knocked out his last fight. He was the Yawara champ before this. Used to fight down at welterweight. So we basically have a former welterweight versus a former light heavyweight here. Four years younger than Anders. Striking stats in his favor. He's one and a half times more active landing strikes. Scrapping stats as well in his favor. Minus 215. Over to you. I'm taking Joe Young Park. Um, or I, I like Eric Anders. And I think he's like sometimes fun and explosive on the feet. But like. Jung Young Park has looked really good in literally every fight he's been in the UFC, including the one he lost to Gregory Rodriguez. Um, you know, I, I love the way he just kind of like manhandled Tafon Chukwi and he took down John Phillips repeatedly. Like, I, I don't see a real good path to Eric Anders here for victory because, like, I, I don't know. Does, does Eric Anders, like, knock people out anymore? Like, not, not since he knocked out Vinicius Morea. Uh, so, like... And in addition to that, too, like John Gung Park, even if he can hand, hang out, can't hang on the feet. Like Eric Anders got taken down a bunch of times by Darren Stewart, who we largely think of as like a British boxer. So, like, yeah, I'm all over John Gung Park here. Eric Anders actually is not a good striker. We should really just put that out there. He he gets outstruck. He's he lands three point one six. He gets hit three point nine three times. So he's a can we say powerful striker? Uh, I Kinda. guess we can say that, but, but he. Let me see. Yeah, uh, yeah, eight knockouts. I, I guess you can say that, but yeah, um, doesn't land enough uh, for my liking. So 
yeah, Park is Park is my pick here. Um, he's durable. I'll, I'll give Anders that. Uh, so you may want to go decision on this one, but um, I believe the Korean is the correct pick to go. So Dan and I are both we're back. We're about together. Reconciliation over uh, the Iron Turtle brought us back together here. Minus two fifteen is that pick. All right, what are we going to next? Middleweight still. Dusko Tudorovic versus Chidi and Chukwani, another one of our our um, stars from the Dana White last season, the Dana White Contender Series. It, it may go down in history as the greatest season ever of Dana White Contender Series, even though a new one is coming. Did you see that, Dan? In July, I did. I'm already, it. I'm already, I'm already looking at prospects. So. Oh boy, Dan was like out of control last year. If if you weren't around for that, you missed out on a lot of a lot of winnings. Dan was going like four and five every week, basically. With liter- and, literally one literally yeah. <laughs> yeah anyhow um this isn't a uh contender series podcast at this point but it will be very very soon so all right we got chitty chitty sorry chitty bang bang it should be chitty chitty bang bang if you ask me versus thunder Todorovic. let's tell you about thunder first he is 11 and 2 with seven knockouts three submissions he's been knocked out once two and two in the ufc won his last fight via tko he was one and over the contender series he was the fbc champ in i think that's serbia fighting championship um, or whatever the B stands for. Uh, he's six years younger than Andrew Kowani. Striking stats in his favor, plus 185. Chitty, 21-7 with one no contest. 13 knockouts, one submission. He's been knocked out three times, submitted three times. One no in the UFC via knockout. One no in contender series via TKO. He's won three straight. He went 5-3 and three in Bellator. Multiple regional championships on his... Mantle. Perfect. Um, Used to fight at Walter Bay. Despite that, he is two inches taller and has six inches reach on Todorovic. He's one and a half times more active landing strikes. Better grappling stats, minus 200. Obviously, I am going Chidi here. Um, superior striker, and he's got half a foot of reach to to use his striking skills, uh, uh, used to his advantage. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we get ourselves another finish for him here. Yeah, I, I agree with you entirely. I'm going with Chidi and Jikawani. I think the range, the power, the striking, all of that. I mean, it just, it's obvious to me. I will say this, though. You you mentioned the SBC championship. That is yep. Serbian battle championships, first okay. of all, um, which yep. I only know because uh, do you know who he beat and knocked out for that title? Um, You tell me. Michelle Pereira, who we which are is, about I was going to guess that because he was the champ as well. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Um, we both picked Shady, right? Yes, we did. Yeah, All right. Yeah. Moving on. Obviously, that was a maybe a recommended play coming up. We'll have to wait and see. Um, Walter Waits, Santiago Ponzinibbio versus the aforementioned SBC champion, Michelle Pereira. So we got um, Ponzinibbio is the Argentine dagger or Gente Boa, which means good people, um, versus Demol- Demolador, Demolador, which means demolisher. Uh, which is a very good nickname for Pereira. Um, let's tell you about Ponzinibbio, the veteran first. 28-5, 15 knockouts, six submissions. He's been knocked out three times. He's 10-4 in the UFC. He's got a loss-win-loss. He was 4-0 in the Ultimate Fighter. Made his MMA debut as a professional in 2008. Even money back on him, plus 100. Pereira, 27-11, two no contests, 10 knockouts, seven submissions. He's been knocked out once, submitted once. He's 5-2 in the UFC. However, he's won four straight fights. He's had issues miss, missing weight in the past at welterweight. He used to fight up at middleweight. He was the SBC champ, as we mentioned. Dan let you know who beat him for that belt. He made his pro debut in 2011 in MMA. He's got an inch of height on Ponzinibbio. He's seven years younger. Grappling stats in his favor, minus 120. Uh, you, me, me. Is it me or no, you? No, it's, it's me. 
go ahead then. You took Chidi first. I'll take Ponzinibbio. Uh, really? Okay, yeah, we're going like, to differ. Yeah, like, uh, so here's the thing. is that, like, I do like Michelle Pereira. He, he's looked better lately because he's safer. But, like, I don't know that the safer pick-em-apart game plan works against Santiago Ponzinibbio, does it? Like, Ponzinibbio hits really hard. He's pretty technical in his own right. And, like, I, I mean, like, I think if Pereira brings the chaos it might actually be a better game plan against Ponzinibbio, but I haven't seen him do that lately. Um, and, you know, for me, Santiago Ponzinibbio, since, like, coming back from that layoff, a lot of people are writing him off. Like, you know, he got knocked out by Li Jingliang. But, like, he, that fight with Jeff Neal was damn good. He he took a round off of Jeff Neal, and it, maybe two by some judges' estimates that he took two rounds off of Jeff Neal. You know, he... he absolutely dominated Miguel Baeza. I mean, like, we're talking about a guy who's knocked out Neil Magny and Gunnar Nelson and Court McGee and, like, you know, he, he beat the hell out of Sean Strickland back in the day. Like, he is a very solid technical striker, and I think we sort of, like, forget just how good he was because of that layoff. And Pereira, don't get me wrong, really good, really unique with the striking styles, but... I think that that like safer version of him that we've seen lately is just not going to work against Ponzinibbio. Um, you said we forgot how good he was, was being the key here, Dan. I don't know what we're going to get with Ponzinibbio anymore. So you're picking him because he took a round off Jeff Neal. All right. I mean, I think he, Fantastic. I think he took, I think he took, I think he took two rounds off. Of Whoa, Jeff Neal. two rounds. But let me, let me ask you this. Do you think that, uh, do you think that, that Pereira would take even a second off of Jeff Neal? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I haven't I, broken I down that fight. I'm not prepared, Dan. I, I don't think he would take half a second off of Jeff Neal. I think Jeff Neal would beat the ever-living shit out of Michelle Pereira. Is this a Jeff Neal podcast now? I like Jeff Neal. <laughs> it could be. I like how you got all mellow there. Also, like also, 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 also Sheardog scored that fight for Jeff Neal. Oh, just so all right. Anyway, I'm, I'm taking uh, Pereira. Um, if Worst case scenario, he, uh, he he's an underrated grappler. Um, people think of him as a crazy... Crazy striking guy, because that's what the highlights are. But uh, I think he could always, if he wants to be boring, he could use his grappling to to beat uh, Ponzinibbio here. And I, I don't know if uh, the Pons is is what he once was. I, I like uh, what we're seeing from Pereira recently. So give me the Pereira man, please. Yeah, I, I would also just say, though, too, just as a, a friendly reminder, Ponzinibbio, fairly good defensive grappler, too. Um, and he actually took down Jeff Neal. Uh, in their oh last God, fight, Jeff too. Neal. You know, I'm just throwing that out there. Was Jeff Neal on your podcast before, Dan? No. Really? Um, no, way back when he was. Yeah, yeah. Okay, long, long, ass time, long ass time ago. Before he was Jeff Jeff Neal, capital letters. All right, good. We differed again. Let's see if we differ in the main event. I have a feeling I don't, or not. I don't. I, I heard, feel like I have a feel like we won't. <laughs> I've heard no one who no one's differed in this one's part. <laughs> Women's bantamweight. Holly Yawn Home versus Ketlin Vieira. Um, Actually, she's Holly, the preacher's daughter, home versus Phenomeno Vieira. Uh, women's Bantamweight. Uh, Vieira, 12 and 2, two knockouts, four submissions, but knocked out once. She got 6 and 2 in the UFC. She got a loss, win, loss, win uh, over her last four fights. She has missed weight in the past. She's got multiple regional championships on her mantle. Correct. They have mantles in Brazil, I, I assume. Of course, they have mantles everywhere. Um, what else can I tell you about her? She's 10 years younger than Holm. Grappling stats in her favor, plus 185. Uh, Holly Holm, 14 to 5, eight knockouts. To her credit, she's been knocked at once, submitted once. She's 7 to 5 in the UFC. 
used to be the champion. She beat that Ronda Rousey lady. She used to fight at featherweight. She's won two straight fights, three or four. She's had, just coming off her longest layoff ever in MMA. She's not fought since October of 2020. Uh, last time she's finished the fight was 2017. So keep that in mind if you want to pick her here. And you that, may want to pick and, her. Be and worth, worth noting that that was Betch Coea too. Oh, <laughs> yes. And it, it was. We talked about that last podcast. Um, yes. Quite the finish. Let us say that. Um, she also was the legacy FC champ before this. One known Bellator. She was a boxing champion multiple times, over 32, 2, and 3 as a boxer. She also was a kickboxing champion. Made her MMA debut in 2011. She's got inch reach on Vieira. Striking stats in her favor, minus 230. I'm picking Holly Holm. She's going to win a boring fight. Um, better striker. Knows how to win um, decision fights. Uh, Vieira hasn't shown that she can compete at this level. So Holm is going to win. Probably get shoved into another title fight, which she'll lose. Go ahead. Yeah, and I'll say this too. Like, if you're trying to draw a path to victory for Ketlin Vieta, it's like through the grappling, right? Like, that's right. You're, you're saying she's going to grab. She's just never going to be close enough to Holly Holm to actually grapple. Nope. Because Holly Holm does two things really well. She keeps the distance really well. And when you're in the clinch with her, she reverses the position and backs away. Uh, so, like, I, I just don't think Ketlin Vieta is ever going to be in position to actually be on top. If she is, maybe she'll see a little success. But I think home stays safe enough, even in those moments. And ultimately, I think it tires Ketlin Vieta out terribly, um, trying to just get inside and failing miserably. Um, yeah. And even if she's inside, like just failing miserably because Holly Holm defends takedowns well. So, yeah, uh, I'm I'm all over Holly Holm on this one. Yeah, despite the ten year age difference, yeah, Holm is got to be the pick here. Um, who's Vieira's like hasn't really beaten anyone at this level she's beaten people who used to be you know close to this level sarah mcmahon kat singano misha tape but uh, not anyone that's really at this level any longer so um i don't think i don't expect home to look any worse than she has as of late so um yeah she is she is her pick and probably a title fight right um whew, i don't even know anymore at this <laughs> point i mean like at least women's Depends. bantamweight is like tied up right yep that's true that is true all right that's all your picks we differed on a couple, which is always uh, makes it a fun viewing experience and a fun time on our, the SGPN Slack come fight night slash afternoon on, on Friday. All right. Uh, Saturday, excuse me. Let's go recommended plays. Dan, uh, these are should be our safe bets, uh, even though sometimes we get a little crazy with, with the props here. Um, these are the bets that uh, we say you should bet on, even though we suggest you bet on every fight, at least 100 bucks. If you're a you're a, you're a wimp and you don't have the stomach for that, we'll we'll tell you what ones you absolutely have to have to bet on. Starting with dance, first. So, pick. so you you mentioned sometimes we get a little crazy with props. Uh oh. L- listen to this. I'm only taking props this week. Whoa. Yep. All right. This could uh, be a make uh, or break, um, boon or bust week for you, Dan. Yeah. So, um, the first one I'm gonna take is you know we just mentioned uh, I I love Holly Home here. Um, and, and I love Holly Holm by decision. Uh, so Holly Holm by decision, I'm seeing it negative 110 at a lot of books, um, which is, uh, hey, a really, really good number um, because that's probably how she's going to win. She's a big favorite. I'll take uh, I'll take 40 on her at negative 110. I am telling you that it's I was going to just take home, but uh, outright. But with a number like that, I this is the way she's going to win the fight. So I always claim I, I'm going to shy away from pot bats, but um, you, I'm willing to take them if it's, you know, if it's a pretty obvious path to victory, which it is here. So yeah, 40 bucks for me too. 
Well, speaking of obvious uh, paths to victory, too, the next one I really like is Chidi and Jikawani by knockout. Uh, okay. I, I mean, I, I think that's a no-brainer. Plus 120. I'm going to take 30 bucks on Chidi and Jikawani getting it done with a knockout. Wow, you're getting very... 30 bucks on that. Dan is really rolling the dice this week, people, with your money. All right. Um, I want, I'm just going to take Chitty to win. I'm going to be, uh, hmm. Yeah, I'm just going to be safe here. Give me 20 on Chitty to win at just outright winning at minus 200. All right. And then my last one, because uh, I'm going to use all 30 of my last 30 bucks here on Jelton Almeida. Um, a lot of people have, have him here winning by submission. Um, and I think what a lot of people are sleeping on is Parker border has got good submission defense. Uh, I, I know we haven't had to see it in the UFC cause he's mostly been on the feet, but the, he's a guy who defends submissions really well. He actually has quite a few submissions, uh, in his, his tool belt as well. Um, so I'm going to take Jelton Almeida, but I'm going to say he gets it done by knockout. Uh, and right now you can get Jelton Almeida by knockout at certain books at plus 275. I think as long as uh, the submissions don't work, he just unloads on him uh, in a, a, you know, like a top mount or something like that. And uh, plus 275 for that option. Uh, I'll take 30 bucks on that. That's that's a very good pick. I am trailing that as well. I'm only going to take 20 on that because I'm going to make another pick. But yeah, I, I see this as a very um, reasonable pick. Um, you, you, I can definitely see the fight ending that way for sure with um, gelatin. All right. Um, that leaves me with 20 bucks left. What do I want to take with that? I'm going to take Medich, uh plus 128. Let's just take him winning uh, inside the distance. Um, so I'll kind of roll the dice there too. So you like that pick, Dan? I do like that pick. All right, cool. All right. Here is our recommended plays. Dan's got 40 on home via decision, 30 on Chidi via knockout. 30 on Jelton via knockout. I have 40 on home via decision, 20 on Chitty just winning, 20 on Jelton via knockout, 20 on Medich winning plus uh, 128. Boom. Usually we say we're done, but no, we're going to give you, as promised, a couple other picks um, for Eagle do FC. The, do, do you want the Superman job? Oh, I'm sorry. Parlay? Yeah, the super. The, the, let's see if Dan did, can, can miss my one, one fight uh, on the parlay like he does every week. So I'm going to snag one. I'm going to snag your play with your Earl Smittage. Okay. You know, I got, I like that to start off the parlay and then we're going to close here. Both of us pick chase Hooper to win, right? Underdog play, but instead of taking him, let's just take him by submission, right? Because he's a guy who bags a bunch of submissions. Do you know, you can get his submission price at plus four thirty right now. Uh, So when you you combine that with Earl Smittage at his underdog price, we're talking about plus twelve hundred right now, so twelve to no one on, on just Medich and Hooper inside the distance with a submission. No wonder Dan didn't want me to just breeze past that. That is, um, that's a quality play. Everyone get out on that. Just two, two picks: Medich to win, Hooper to win via sub. You get twelve times your money. Boom. Boom. All right, now we're going to get to uh, the real main event, Dan. Um, Eagle FC forty-eight. Dos Santos versus Castro. Dil Castro, excuse me. Um, that is going down Friday, this Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern. It starts uh, internet stream. I think you get it through Eagle FC if you go to their site. Um, and it's coming from to us from Miami, Florida. It's got 11 fights on it. Mixture of, um, not a mixture, but a sprinkle of fighters you have heard of probably from uh, UFC days gone by. Uh, we're just going to break down the top two fights. Um, Call me an event. 
light heavyweight Hector Lombard versus Tiago Silva. Two of those aforementioned former UFC fighters. Um, let's tell you about Mr. Lightning Lombard first. He's 34-10-1 with two no contests as a pro. 22 knockouts, four submissions. He's been knocked out three times. This is his Eagle FC debut. He's lost six straight fights. Um, has not fought since September 2018. His last win was March of 2014. So we're past eight years since he's won a MMA fight. He's, he was three and eight with one no contest in the UFC. Didn't quite go as planned for the former Bellator champ who was eight. No, with um, a middleweight championship uh, to his name in Bellator. He also was a regional champ. He used to fight at welterweight, if you can believe that. And most of his career was at uh, middleweight. Now he's all the way up to light heavyweight. Made his MMA debut as a professional in 2004. He also was the bare knuckle fighting championship champion recently. He was 2-0 as a pro kickboxer. He is a judo champion, very high-level judo, ju judoko, judoka, excuse me. Uh, grappling stats in his favor, minus 110. As for Tiago Silva, he of the neck tie. It's a crown on his neck, I believe, his throat, right, Dan? I I can't tell you what his neck <laughs> which is tattoo where I, I, is. <laughs> I, which is what I would aim for. I'm like, okay, I'm going to aim for the crown on his on his throat. Like it's It seems like you're putting a bullseye on yourself, but... He's he's been known not to make the greatest life choices anyhow. But um, regardless, he's twenty-one and nine with two no contests, fifteen knockouts, one submission. He's been knocked out four times, submitted once. This is also his Eagle FC debut. He's lost two straight. He's won one of his last four. He's not fought since May of twenty nineteen. His last win, uh, the math doesn't add up here because I said his last win is October of twenty nineteen. But I, and then I also said he has not fought since May of 2019. 28, so, 2018. So, twenty eighteen was his last win. Thank you. Yeah. He was ACB champ, 0-1 World Series of fighting. In the UFC, he went 7-3 with two no contests. He's failed some drug tests in the past. He used to fight at heavyweight. Also used to fight at middleweight. Made his MMA debut in 2005. He's 1-0 as a kickboxer. He's got 5 inches height, 3 inches reach, 4 years younger than Lombard. Striking and active striking stats in his favor. Now, the stats I'm using are based on their both men's UFC careers. Minus 120. So this is pretty much a pick em on the board. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with Hector Lombard. Um, slight for, underdog for for two reasons. Uh, first of all, the long layoff of Tiago uh, Silva is is a little bit worrisome, especially because there was like legal problems involved in that too. And the other thing is, is he's like gotten a little bit punchy, right? Like he, yeah. he's he's been knocked out a bunch, um, and maybe even by some people who probably shouldn't knock him out. He's also, I mean, very obviously at a grappling disadvantage, right? Like Hector Lombard is a, a really high class judoka and he's got good sub skills and he doesn't always go to it, but like it's there if he needs it. Whereas like Silva is a kickboxer, you know, like that. there's really nothing else to say about him. It's like he's always been a power puncher. Uh, but yeah, like, I, I mean, like I just think Lombard being more active and Lombard having the chance to knock uh silva out as well as grapple him yeah like I i'm rolling the dice here with hector lombard how about silva having a bullseye on his throat that you can punch a crowd I, I don't i don't think it helps or hurts but yeah <laughs> okay. yeah yeah well, let's break it down anyway <laughs> all right fine all right he's gonna get you some slight underdog money here all right go to the main event uh, um, former champion of the ufc heavyweight division junior dos santos We'll be fighting former UFC heavyweight Jorgen De Castro in the main event. Are they main event? No, they're not five rounds, right? They're already three rounds, I think. Oh, um, only yes. three, I believe. Three yes. rounds. If it goes that long. All right. De Castro is the mad titan. He's eight and three with five knockouts, one submission. He's been knocked out once. He's 
He's one no in Eagle FC. He won his first fight via submission. He's won two straight fights. In the UFC, he went one and three. Contender series, he went one low. He was regional champ. He used to fight at light heavyweight. Based on the last weigh-ins, he was 15 pounds heavier than Dos Santos. Uh, he's also two years younger, plus 255. Junior Santos, Sagano, which means... You know that uh, one? I actually don't know what Sagano means. Gypsy. Apparently. Oh. It means, it means gypsy, according no to shit. Google. <laughs> yeah. You think we would have... I guess we weren't doing our podcast when he was... Were we doing our podcast when he was in the UFC? I don't think we were. were uh, we? I, don't, I don't think so. Uh, it's been so long. Who knows? Um He's what did I tell you about him? He's 21 and 9. I haven't told you that yet. 15 knockouts, one submission. He's been knocked out seven times, submitted once. This is his Eagle FC debut. He's 15 and 8 in the UFC, where he was the heavyweight champ. He's lost four straight fights, all via TKO. Has not fought since December of 2020. His last win was December of 2019. Used to fight at light heavyweight at the starting of his career. 2006 was his pro debut in MMA. He's got four inches height, three inches reach under Castro. Striking stats in his favor based on the UFC. And almost he's almost was almost twice as active striking 1.8 um, more strikes landed than uh, DeCastro. Also grappling stats in his favor, minus 330. Yeah, I'm I'm all over uh, Junior Dos Santos here um, for for very obvious reasons. Like he's yep. just uh, like I, I do like Jorgen DeCastro. I think he's got a lot of promise. I think there's lots of things you could say about his his striking, but the bottom line is he's a striker. Right. Like he's a guy who has to go in there and outstrike you. And like, dude, he's not going out there and outstriking Junior Dos Santos. And the other problem I have with him is he has a tendency to become really tentative. Right. Like really hesitant in his striking. He pauses a lot. He sometimes doesn't engage. And like that just plays into Junior Dos Santos's hand. Right. Junior Dos Santos being a guy who like knows how to deal with that. So, yeah, like. I would say unabashedly, I love Junior Dos Santos in this spot right here. There you go. Simple as that. Uh, go get that money, even though it's not a super, super good line. Minus 330. But Dan is picking nonetheless. He, he, hey, he gave you Lombard. That was a slight underdog. So come on, stop complaining. All right. That's, that's enough free picks for these people. Uh, don't you think? Let's put this one to bed. Um, so we'll be back on when Sunday. Let's come back on Sunday. We'll tell everyone how we did with our picks, and we'll we'll plot out what we're going to do next week with no UFC. Is there what is running next week? Do you know off the top of your head? There, there's tons of events going on. There's a okay. r- really good Canadian event. Uh, there's a Cage Warriors. There's an LFA. There, there's lots of stuff going on. And we can bet on all this stuff, Dan. Uh, probably some of it. <laughs> <laughs> Legally, some of it. Okay, we'll we'll figure it out. So. All right, come back on Sunday for that fun. Uh, in the meantime, Dan has podcasts, if you haven't heard. Uh, one of them is called Top Turtle MMA, who this week he has on? Uh, Ugly Man Joe, uh, talking yeah. about his mustache. And then Tabitha Ricci is also on this week. Do you call, do you, does she talk about any uh, body hair at all or not? She she actually uh, did not this time. <laughs> not this time, okay. Um, <laughs> you call him Ugly Man Joe when you speak with him. I do, yeah. I actually introduced he honestly him to he doesn't want to be so. called he doesn't want to be called anything else, right? Yeah, that's he said that that's just what he goes by, just ugly yeah. man Joe. All right. Um did we get the to the bottom of that name? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if we did I know it personally, uh that he it it was like a it's like a uh thing he used when he was like in college with his buddies. I, he he described it as like you know how you like say demeaning things to your friends and you tell them they're like assholes or something like that. 
it was just like the generic term him and his yeah. buddies used that they were all ugly men. Uh, so he, they would just say like, "What's up, ugly man, Bill?" Okay, right. I think I remember ugly, that. Ugly, ugly man, Joe, <laughs> and his just stuck. I, I think that may have been on your show because because I, I I know that story. So I think it may have been on that Top Turtle show before. Um, he might have told that story. Uh, other than that, he also has a prelim primer podcast where he gives you all the prelim picks are you gonna have a guest this week so i can listen i listen anyway dan you know i i had i had one scheduled and uh due to unforeseen issues with my kitchen sink uh quite (laughs) quite literally my kitchen sink uh it has had to be rescheduled and i am not quite sure yet whether or not that uh co-host can join in oh crap he's gonna ask me again isn't he oh god um my my sink's clogged too dan okay Yeah, Mr. Handyman Dan can't even fix his kitchen sink. Can you believe that, everyone? I'm so, I'm uh, I'm a shell of a man this week. His, his house <laughs> is a disaster because he's torn it apart, right? I I have torn quite a few things apart today. Yes. What is in the sink? Uh, have we discovered what is clogging the sink? I I have not yet. We we are looking to get to the bottom of it later this week. Uh, right. You you can get plus one eighty odds on baking grease right now. Okay. Um or or negative uh, 300 odds on one of my children's toys. Perfect. <laughs> I was going to ask you, are your children both accounted for? <laughs> yeah, or they're could both. they be in the sink looking it's for bo- something? It's both not them, but it, but their toys are definitely in play. So, you know, make sure you get into the SGPN Slack and you bet either children's toys negative 300 or excessive bacon grease plus 180. Can um, Bacon, you said? Bacon grease? Or yeah, bacon? Yeah. Bacon. Ba- ba- bacon. Okay, gotcha. What if I want to put a? Sorry, we're we're, we're supposed to be saying bye, but um, I want to prop that on a Spider-Man toy. Can I do okay. that? Okay. Yeah, yeah, because that makes it slightly harder. So uh, it, a toy it in general's a toy in general's negative three hundred. So I'd say a Spider-Man toy plus one hundred. Are, aren't aren't most of the toys Spider-Man toys at this point though? Uh, it's about it's about fifty fifty. But they would notice it was missing though, probably, right? So maybe that's, that's not and a good that's, bet. That's why you're getting plus 100. Yeah. Oh, maybe that's not a good bet. All right. Well, we'll see. What we shall see. Hopefully, we'll find out uh, next podcast. Hopefully, Dan will have it fixed by Sunday. You think he promises that? I'm going to fucking try. <laughs> right. You guys are going to stop eating bacon because meat is murder uh, and it clogs your sink? And I will make no promises on that front. All right. Fine. <laughs> All right. We'll be back Sunday, like I said, with the thrilling conclusion, hopefully, of the. Um, of the kitchen uh, sink gate scandal. Um, we'll also, we'll break down obviously the fights from the weekend. We'll look ahead to whatever we're going to talk about next week. You know, all that fun stuff. Um, in the meantime, make sure you get in our SGPN Slack, we get new people in there all the time, usually praising us, which is, which is always nice. So um, get in the Slack. There's channels for every sport, the channels for food, the channels for music. There's, and it's basically all good people on there. Um, no one ever gets kicked out because no one ever acts like uh, most people act on the internet. So good place to get in. And then fight night, the place is jumping. The fight channel is jumping with everyone giving each other uh, suggestions on on picks. And did you you see the one joker went in there and said, what pot are you guys talking about? Did you see that? What a slap in the face that was. I, some, I did not. I did not some dude that. went in there and said, what, what podcast are you guys talking about? Oh, no, I did see that. I like, what? I, I think what I'm pretty sure I responded about? to him like, the only MMA podcast on this site. <laughs> You're on the SGPN Slack channel. We're talking about fights. Uh, that, that's not like that's not like a new guy either. He, he's he's been all over the different channels, but he's like, "Whoa, podcast! You guys talking about? Duh, the one and only, obviously." Um, anyhow, get get in the Slack. Uh, if you could rate and review our podcast, that would be great, so we can get a billion five star reviews. Twitter, Jeff Fox writer. He is Gumby Vreeland. 
Usually it's my intros that drag on, but today's the outro for some reason. Um, reader stuff, my, uh, my MMA stuff is over at moneymma.substack.com. I got a free pick'em contest for this week. You can uh, get in and a bunch of other good articles, previews of the event coming up. Fighter rankings based on performance. Uh, all Obviously, Money MMA, there's a whole bunch of fighter pay stuff on there. Lots of that fun stuff, so get on that. Uh, Dan's podcast, as I told you about, and you can read all the writing over at sportsgamblingpodcast.com on various sports. My MMA article will be going up Thursday morning. Um, I think I said I'm tired of talking, so Dan's going to take us home. We'll see what he always has a nickname planned for me. We'll see what he has in the chamber this time. I'm David Kobe Freeland. He's the preacher's daughter, Jeff Fox. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and we will see you on Sunday.